Happy Monday to ya. I'm Dave Rubin. It's October 4th. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. I don't know why I did a little Irish brogue there. It just popped in my head right before we started. I never know what I'm going to say right at the top of the show. I went Irish. Here we go. I don't know. What are you going to do? Uh, three stories for you, and I'm in a good mood. I had a great weekend. It's very obvious to me that all of the bad stuff is going to continue to get worse, and the craziness is going to continue to come. But the best that I can do is enjoy my life, spread the ideas that I care about, and continue to fight for the things that I believe in, and hopefully have a few of you come on the ride for me and, and do the same in your lives. That's the best we can do, so we're just gonna keep doing it. Uh, so yes, everything's kinda getting worse. We're gonna discuss all that kind of stuff, but like, if you can kinda go about your life and, and pilfer some happiness, in the midst of it, that's pretty damn good. Uh, we got four stories for you today. First, we're gonna do a little preview of a interview that I did on Friday. I was supposed to be on the local Fox channel here in Los Angeles to do a show, what's the name of the show called? The Issues? The Issues. The Issue Is. Uh, with a host by the name of Alex uh, Michelson, I believe is his name. And I went there, I drove there with my producer, Michael, and it was gonna be a live in-person interview, one-on-one -on -one with Elix. He was gonna ask me how I felt about California and all the recall stuff and that. And then I was gonna do a one-on-one -on -one debate with famous, I mean legendary, civil rights attorney, Gloria Allred. Well, when we got to the building, which is about 20 minutes from where I live, when we got to the building, they demanded that they see our vaccine cards or they would not let us in. Um, and I just simply will not play that game. And my producer, Michael, felt the same way. I think what you inject yourself with or what medical decisions you make for yourself are your business and nobody else's. Um, and I said, I'm not going to do that. Uh, they said they would not let me in, uh, that the policy had just started the day before. Uh, and they were not gonna let me in, it was a corporate thing. So I ended up doing the interview from home. And uh, you know what, why don't we just show the good people a little brief clip of my interview with Gloria Allred. So I, I don't really understand the connection actually. Are you a good decent citizen? Are you vaccinated? It's nobody's business whether I'm uh -huh. vaccinated. That's like okay. me asking you the last time you got laid. I mean, it's just irrelevant. Come on, pretty good. That's pretty good, you know that's pretty good. Uh, the interview continued and it sort of de-escalated from there. She sort of did the usual sort of progressive sort of overreach and not really saying anything and just throwing out a bunch of numbers that didn't really go anywhere. We're gonna show one more clip in a little bit when I get to this Fauci thing in just a sec. But I tell you all of this to say that the full debate is up right now. It just went up on YouTube on our channel about an hour ago. So when you're done watching this, you can click over there to see the full thing. And then the three stories we got for you today, uh, this Fauci guy who has consistently gotten absolutely everything wrong and taken every which position, every position available on simply everything for the last year and a half. But now he's saying that maybe we can't get together for Christmas. Remember when old Joe Biden said we could maybe get together for July? for July 4th, remember when uh, they told us two weeks to flatten the curve? It just never ends with these people. It's never going to stop. And as I said, we just have to figure out how to go about our lives despite these lunatics trying to control us at every possible level. That's story number one. Story number two, uh, Representative Ayanna Presley, who is one of the squad, she's in this AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, this gang of lunatics. Um, she gave an absolutely ridiculous speech about abortion. And I've often said to you guys how it's not, um, 
sort of the, the good arguments of the pro-life people that I've argued abortion with, when I hear Ben Shapiro or Glenn Beck or Dennis Prager or others take the pro-life position, that has shifted me on abortion. It's that the left has gone so crazy with abortion that I just want nothing to do with that as they go crazy with everything. So we're gonna play some video on that. And then the big story of the weekend was that, you know, we all know about this $3.5 trillion dollar bill that the Democrats are trying to push through Congress. And of course they keep telling us $3.5 trillion is gonna actually cost zero, which we all know is a lie. 3.5 trillion equals 3.5 trillion. Zero equals zero. A burrito costs $10. It doesn't cost $0 even if you steal $10 from someone else. Uh, well, Kristen Cinema, who is one of the senators, the, the what I would say are the last quasi-moderate Democratic senators from Arizona, uh, her and Joe Manchin have been the two Democrats sort of stopping this thing from being passed. All the Republicans are against it. And now a gang of activists was chasing her around and actually followed her into the bathroom. And then Joe Biden kind of defended them today. So that's kind of where we're at in terms of political discourse. It's almost like when Maxine Waters was telling people to get in their face, remember that? Last summer, get in their face, show them that you're here, uh, that maybe some people were gonna take it literally. And now the President of the United States is defending it, absolutely ludicrous. Anyway, we're gonna get to all that, but before we do, I wanna to talk to you about ladder. You know, I wanna talk for a minute about things that have fundamentally changed the way we live. These things are the disruptors, things like smartphones, streaming services, or dogs named Clyde, who like to jump on you each time you come home. Another disruptor I heard of recently is a company called Ladder, who basically took the life insurance industry, flipped it upside down, and shook out the inefficiencies. Before Ladder, if you wanted to get life insurance, you had to drive across town, sit through a sales pitch, fill out a ton of paperwork, and then wait six to eight weeks to figure out if you'd been approved. You'd also receive a zillion phone calls from agents trying to bundle your life insurance with things like car insurance. Now with Ladder, you can get fast, affordable life term, uh, term life insurance without leaving home. It's 100% digital when you apply for $3 million or less in coverage, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. So if you're between the ages of 20 and 60, need coverage and wanna team up with a company that's redeeming life insurance, choose Ladder. The process is super quick and easy. Go to ladderlife.com slash Ruben today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R, life.com slash Ruben, ladderlife.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right. Fauci, let's uh, talk about this Fauci guy. I think you all know my feelings on him and I've been really thinking about it. I, and when we decided to do this story this morning, I thought about it. It's like, do I think Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the highest paid person in the federal government who clearly is enjoying the spotlight on this thing and spends most of his time just going to fundraisers and being on television and all that stuff. Do I think he's enjoying locking people down? Do I think he's enjoying uh, keeping kids in masks? All of those things. I'm actually not sure. I, I don't know. I suspect in some weird way, yes, because I think absolute power corrupts absolutely. So I do think there's some perverse thing that you see with a lot of these progressives where it's like the more they can tell you to wear masks and that's why they flaunt the rules and then they go out or they go to parties or whatever it might be or they send their kids to school without masks. The more they can do it and throw it in your face, it shows them that they're sort of powerful. They're the ones in charge. I actually, in this case, will try not to guess Fauci's motivation. I don't know if he's enjoying this. I don't know if he thinks 
I suppose a year and a half after two weeks to find the curve, that he's an abject failure. I suppose at some level he must. If he's been the guy leading this and we're in such a bad place as we're being told right now, and all these people are so anti-vaccine despite all of his messaging, he must sort of in his personal life, I suppose, at some level feel that he's a failure. But anyway, he keeps going on these TV shows, he smiles, he laughs, he gets these softball interviews. And here he is over the weekend talking about whether we can get together for Christmas. We can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Let's focus like a laser on continuing to get those those cases down and we can do it by people getting vaccinated and also in the situation where boosters are appropriate. Let's get those numbers down. He's got that same, uh, same affect as Bernie. Um, notice he doesn't say the numbers, right? Like we know this already. I read, if you watch my interview, my debate with Gloria Allred, 0.002% of children under 18 are dying because of COVID. Basically, if you're under 80 and you're not overweight or diabetic, you survive COVID, but they're not giving us any numbers. They'll, on any given day, it went up 50%, it went down 20%, it went up 100%, but you know, if you have two people and it goes to four people, that's very, you know, it's like, you guys all get this. And so some of this is not worth repeating, but just this idea that at this point, I, I just can't imagine. Let's just say Fauci is as good of a man as he possibly could be. Well, if he's trying as hard as he can and he's failing at this level a year and a half later, then he has to step aside. But the idea that he would dare say to anyone now, at the beginning of October in 2021, after this all started basically in February of 2020, that maybe, or we'll have to debate whether we're gonna get together with our families for Christmas. I'm Jewish, I'll be together with my family for Christmas, I promise you. Actually, we all love Christmas. It's, you know, it's, we can watch the, the fire on TV and it's pretty spectacular, right? That, the point is, it's like enough. Stop listening to these people, no, well, you make a choice for yourself. I can't listen to these people. I just can't. I just don't know what they're saying. Uh, as you guys know, two weeks ago, I was in New York uh, really for the first extended trip since this whole thing began. And it was the first time in a year and a half that my parents, my brother's family, my sister's family, and David and I had all got together. It was the first time in a year and a half. That's what they stole from a lot of people. I know even now there are people who haven't seen their parents or haven't had big family get-togethers or, or anything else. That's what they stole from us. They're stealing our life in real time and we're letting them do it. Uh, but there's more. We've got uh, Fauci then following up, uh, talking about rights, which is sort of interesting. Let's listen to Fauci on rights. But you are a member of society. And as a member of society, reaping all the benefits of being a member of society, you have a responsibility to society. And I think each of us, particularly in the context of a pandemic that's killing millions of people, you have got to look at it and say, there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. God, that is so dangerous. You have to give up your individual right for the greater good. I get it. If you listen to it at this level, it sort of sounds right. But just think for a second. 
once you give up your individual rights, do you think they will give them back to you? Do you guys see what's going on in Australia right now? They don't want to give you your individual rights back to you. And it's not just your individual rights, it's what you inject yourself with. It's whether you go to work, who you're around, whether you can be with your parent as, as they're dying if you're vaccinated or not. They, this is extraordinary. He also says millions of people. Uh, there's less than 700,000 dead in the US uh, because of COVID. And my guess is that that's somewhat overreported because they probably died of some other things and the comorbidities and everything else. I get worldwide, perhaps millions of people, but in the United States, it's less than 700,000 people. Can we get the numbers on how many, like roughly over, we're over 80, let's say, let's get a number on that. Um, but this meme now, that you have to give up something to them who clearly got everything wrong this entire time, which is why we're in this situation right now and the vaccines that aren't working as promised and get your next booster shot. And we know, oh, it does, it's actually not a vaccine and that it's gonna keep you safe. You'll somehow get less sick. Like this never ending thing, but we'll just take a little more of your rights. We'll just take, can we just have a few more of those rights from you? And then we'll see when you get them back. Cause you better, that's for the greater good. Like, have you guys ever read any basic psychology or, or basically any sort of dystopian novel ever? It's all, it's all bad. So, okay, this is, this is extraordinary. So 80% of the, it's about 693,000 people who have died in the United States over COVID. 80% of them, according to the CDC, I'm giving you stats right now that we are pulling up in real time, according to the CDC, 80% of those people are over 65. That is not to diminish any of those people's lives. Um, I love older people. I want my parents to be safe. I want everyone to do whatever they have to do for themselves. But when we're making it sound like, as he's saying, millions and millions of people are dying all over this, 80% of people over 65, a good percentage of them were gonna die of other things anyway. And sometimes there's a really bad flu that, that gets a lot of people. So it's dangerous stuff, the way they play with numbers. But this meme of give up your rights or you don't have rights is fascinating and we're watching it proliferate throughout the system right now, which is one of the things I talk about. You often get like these politicians or in this case, someone like Fauci, these government bureaucrats to say something and then the idea sort of gets laundered throughout the media. So in my interview with legendary, this woman's considered a legendary civil rights lawyer, one of the biggest civil rights lawyers we've had in America for probably the past four decades. In my debate with Gloria Alred, which again, you can see the full thing is up on YouTube right now, I put it up this morning. She also said we should give up our rights. Take a look. Which is really not about rights, it's about life and death. But you just said something very, very dangerous right there for a lawyer. This is not about rights. Since when is it not about rights? In the United States, we have God-given rights that are protected under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I mean, I say something, you decide, right? Like, it's not about rights. Fauci, it's not about rights. Civil rights lawyer, it's not about rights. What is about rights then? When do you get to make some decisions for yourself and do what's right for you? Uh, I think I mentioned this on Thursday or Friday. I'm getting messages. My inbox is absolutely blown up with people who are being laid off from hospitals and from airlines and from all sorts of places of employment right now. Some people who don't even work in offices nor ever have worked in offices because they won't get jabbed. I got an email from a guy who's a hospital administrator who has been working at home in his basement for years before COVID. He has now been laid off. Give up a few more of your rights, guys. Why not, you know, Give them access to your bank accounts and your phone records and all that stuff. It's for your own good. They're looking for somebody, a bad person, you know? So 
just give up some of your rights. And, and don't worry, they don't want you to talk about certain things. Don't talk about certain things. Give up some of your rights. And then, you know, you'll be a good citizen. Anyway, please do watch my full interview, or my full debate, rather, with Gloria Allred. I, I think it's actually probably the best, sort of most succinct debate I've ever had with anyone. I'm very proud of it because she just spouts endless nonsense. And, and the when was the last time you got laid line it was pretty good, so, yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, Representative uh, Ayanna Presley. She is one of the squad alongside such luminaries as AOC, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib. And what these people consistently do is they say buzzwords, endless, endless buzzwords that actually mean nothing, but a certain segment of society thinks that because they've said X amount of nonsensical buzzwords, often things that none of us said year, you know, four or five years ago, that that somehow gives them cachet and value and it means that they're making sense. And then the media then pushes these things because these are the good guys and they're standing up for all of these groups that they just made up and everything else. And well, here's exhibit A. 2021 has been the most devastating for abortion rights in American history. In the midst of an ongoing global pandemic that robbed us of more than 690,000 lives and disproportionately impacted our most vulnerable and black and brown communities, anti-abortion legislators in 47 states focused on legislating hurt and harm to push this critical health care out of reach. These misguided bans will not actually prevent all abortions. They simply put safe and necessary abortion care out of reach for our most vulnerable, specifically our lowest income sisters, our queer, trans, and non-binary siblings, black, Latinx, AAPI, immigrants, disabled, and indigenous folks. And none of this is happenstance. It is precise. Like the roots of the anti-abortion movement, these bans are rooted in patriarchy and white supremacy. God, these people are just ridiculous. Like, where do I start? First off, if we were just playing like meaningless buzzword bingo, it's like, lady, congratulations, you're getting a box of donuts. Like, Jesus Christ. I, I would love to know how she thinks that queer and gay people are gonna be struggling because of the uh, these pro-life laws that she says are being pushed. By the way, no one has, has banned abortion. No one has banned abortion, period. It's against the law because of Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is a federal law saying that the states cannot make their own decisions related to abortion, that the right to an abortion is a federal law. Now, we can argue whether that's a, a sane uh, decision or not, or whether it should be kicked back to the states. But even in Texas, which did pass this six-week law, it's not a ban on abortion. You still have six weeks to get an abortion. And, and again, you guys know my feelings on this. Like, I don't even agree with the six weeks thing. But these people, they just say crazy things that, first of all, they keep calling it healthcare. And it's like, well, it's not really healthcare. Like, you are killing a baby, right? Like, depends on your definition. I guess it's a loosely, it's healthcare. Um, but, you know, and then, they, of course, she links it to the patriarchy and white supremacy and the rest of this nonsense. It's affecting black and Latinx. Like, find me a Latino who says Latinx or Latinx. Please, that would be a pleasure. AAPI, what's that? Asian and Pacific Island or something like that. Immigrants and disabled and indigenous folks. You see how they just say these crazy things? Like, is there some massive problem we're having with disabled people who want to have abortions? Is that really, a th think how stupid that statement is. Like, is there really a problem? Indigenous folks are having huge abortion problems. Like, it's all nonsense. Everything they say is nonsense. And But a certain amount of people hear that and they go, my God, our low-income sisters and our queer and trans Latinx AA." P.I. brothers and sisters, they're hurting, man. We got to do something. Uh, by the way, the Democrats, 
voted just in the last couple days, I think we talked about it briefly last week, uh, to pass a bill. It, it passed 218 to 11, so I guess it didn't actually pass, right? Like that was just how they voted on it. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little more info on this, but the Democrats, it's not a law yet, but the Democrats voted 218 to one that a woman could have an abortion at any stage in her pregnancy, as long as she had one healthcare professional that said it was okay, and that could include mental health. So you could be at eight months and be freaking out for good reason, you know? It's a lot of stress to have a kid, and you could be like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna have an abortion. Like, that's how extreme these people have become. And it's like, in a sane society, we would have an honest debate about this stuff, and we can, as you know, talk about when the sperm meets the egg, talk about a, a few weeks where it's mostly just a clump of cells, talk about when the heartbeat starts and all of those things. And I'm pretty well versed in this as we're going through surrogacy. And believe it or not, a couple days in after the sperm meets the egg, you can know the sex. The same people who will tell you to believe in science and that you know gender doesn't even exist. And it's like, we know right now we have a certain amount of male embryos and we have a certain amount of female embryos. We don't have a certain amount of, oh, pick your gender embryos, like that's not a thing. Um, I'm fairly certain that my, our guy is a you know scientist, he's a man of science, like he knows what he's doing, he's a fertility doctor. He's not like, oh, you know, you got uh, 10 embryos here, we got uh, you know three male, three female, and four, you know, they'll decide. Like that's not a thing, it's not a thing. Anyway, these people, they're just bananas. Okay, this was the really big story over the weekend, and, and this gets to the heart of almost everything that is wrong with society right now, and that's why we had to cover it. Um, so Kristen Sinema is a Democratic senator from Arizona. I would say she's one of the last sort of remotely moderate Democrats. There aren't many. Yes, I know your uncle is one, and there's a couple that you're friends with every now and again. But in terms of influential, moderate, old-school liberal Democrats, I would say Bill Maher, for whatever my frustrations are with Bill Maher, he's one. There's, there's a few of these people left. Cinema actually, in many ways, is a progressive, but all she's doing in this case uh, is saying that she will not vote for this $3.5 trillion spending bill, okay? And Joe Manchin is doing the exact same thing. Uh, she's saying it's just too much spending, and she also is, is tacitly acknowledging that they're lying because they keep telling you $3.5 trillion will cost nothing. Now, the way they're rationalizing that is that they're saying it won't add anything to the deficit because we're just gonna take money from other people. It's, a, it's an extraordinary lie. Anyone with basic math would understand, not even math, I mean, you just have to take one logic class to understand that if you spend $3.5 trillion, it's not zero, even if you just steal it from other people. That's still spending money, okay? It's just not adding to your, to your own personal debt. And I have no doubt that it would add to the debt anyway because we're, we're a debtor nation and we gotta pay interest and China may come collecting some of that stuff one day, so we're probably gonna have to bomb them. But that's a whole other story. Anyway, Kristen Sinema is taking what I believe is a principled position, saying this bill is just way too much in spending. By the way, Joe Manchin, who I said is the other Democrat that is not going for this thing, he posted publicly a letter that he had sent to Chuck Schumer, I think about two months ago, where he said, uh, basically, Chuck, I'm not gonna sign on to anything more than 1.5 trillion. Now this thing's 3.5 trillion, and I get it, they just make up the numbers, it's all nonsensical. Um, but it's not as if Manchin is suddenly doing something that people didn't expect him to do. And cinema was thought of as not sort of like the perfect crazy leftist that was always gonna go on the party line. Anyway, she uh, was chased into a bathroom, I believe this is at the Arizona Capitol, am I right? Uh, at the university, sorry, at the University of Arizona State. She was chased into a bathroom by several activists. Uh, we'll tell you more about the activists in just a sec. 
So let's just be clear about something here. The girl who's doing most of the talking there that they, you know, once they followed cinema into the bathroom, she's an undocumented immigrant. That's what she says herself. She's an illegal immigrant. So she is here illegally. She is basically stalking a sitting member of the Senate in the bathroom, demanding that she does what she wants to do. We helped you get in and now you got to do what we want you to do. I mean, I don't want to make this about that girl, but it's like, why is she here now? Right, like if you're undocumented and we know you're undocumented, I'm not. I'm really not like some crazy immigration hawk either. I, I believe, especially for young people that were brought here, if they're you know functioning, productive members of society that aren't involved in crime and everything else, we should have that pathway to citizenship. And again, it's one of those things, much like I often talk about with abortion, where if we were in a sane society, we could talk about the marginal cases, we could talk about the common ground. But basically, you have an undocumented immigrant busting into a bathroom with a couple other people. Uh, to, in essence, they're threatening her. Like, why else are you getting in her face? Now, we all know that Maxine Waters said you should get in their faces. She was talking about conservatives in this case. I don't know if she fully thought it would come to roost in her own party with her own, uh, you know, Democratic senators. Um, but this is what they want, in, in essence. I have a quote from Blanca, who was talking there. She said, I was brought here to the United States when I was three years old. In 2010, both my grandparents got deported because of SB 1070. So her grandparents obviously came here illegally. They got deported. We could debate whether that was right or not or what their individual situation is. But now she's undocumented, but she has the gall as an undocumented citizen, as someone that is here illegally to chase a senator down into the bathroom. Now, we know, we know that this isn't gonna get major play, obviously, on CNN 
or on MSNBC or on Washington Post or New York Times because this doesn't fit the narrative, right? This is, well, in, in a certain respect, it does fit the narrative in that it's, oh, this senator is not extreme enough, so the base is angry. But then it would have, if they did cover it truly and honestly, they would have to uncover the real issues here of why are undocumented people harassing senators. Uh, but let's be very clear about something, which is that if these were a bunch of Trump supporters or conservatives or uh, anti-abortion activists or anything else remotely thought of as crazy right, which is everything except loony left. Uh, we know that they, these people would be arrested, that we would be arresting family members, they would be breaking into houses and looking for documents and everything else. But this is what they have wrought. Now, even more fascinating than all of this is that Joe Biden was asked about this incident this morning, asked about whether you, know, you can uh, just follow senators into the bathroom and start yelling at them. Here's what Joe said. Mr. President, Mr. President uh, you're talking about how you have 48 Democratic votes right now. The other two uh, have been pressured over the weekend by activists. Joe Manchin had people on kayaks show up to his boat TL Adam. Senator Sinema last night was chased into a restroom. Do you think that those tactics are crossing a line? I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody from the, the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's part of the process, yes. It's part of the process. That's the part where he said the honest thing. It's part of the process, meaning, yeah, if you harass people that don't agree with me, it's part of the process. Yeah, 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 we've got Secret Service, so you usually can't get to us. Uh, but, you know, it's part of the process. Just imagine if Donald Trump had said that. Imagine if anti-abortion activists busted into a bathroom, started harassing AOC, and then Trump was asked about it, he said, ah, it's part of the process. We would be in an impeachment now, right this moment, same day, impeachment three, the trilogy, it would be here. These people are just liars. They lie about absolutely everything and they will gladly use intimidation and political violence when they can, but, to end on a positive note, the people, the people who I stand with, the good freedom-loving people of the United States have, had, had, have just had enough of it. They've just had enough of it. And at many, many public gatherings, usually at, at sports arenas and at stadiums and things, there has been a really interesting chant going around that you may have heard. Uh, this is from NBC News after, uh, I believe it was a NASCAR race uh, yesterday. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh my God, it was uh, learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one and everything shifted top to bottom. All right, look, I wish political discourse was a little bit better than it is. I usually try to do my best to, to you know, give some space for that to happen. Sometimes I don't do it perfectly. Uh, but there's a really incredible thing that just happened there. It's not just that the audience is chanting, fuck Joe Biden, and it's happening in stadiums across the United States. Like, people are just fed up. They're fed up of being told what they have to inject in their body. They're fed up of being told when they can see their family and whether they can celebrate Christmas and everything else. And everyone knows something's wrong with Joe Biden. And it's like, we're not allowed to talk about that. And you can't talk about elections and blah, blah, blah. People have just had it, so they're chanting, fuck Joe Biden. The NBC reporter there, did you catch what she did? 
She said that they were chanting, let's go Brandon, not fuck Joe Biden. Can we play that again, Brandon? Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch. And that's some fine work there, NBC. Guys, uh, my full debate with civil rights, legendary, that's what they always say, legendary civil rights attorney who doesn't care about rights anymore. Gloria Allred is up on our YouTube channel right now. My full interview with Jack Posobiec is up right now as well. And part one of my interview with Blake Masters who is running for Senate in Arizona, okay? So he could be having the seat next to Kristen Cinema. He's running against Mark Kelly. Uh, he is a, a really, if you don't know him, he's sort of just coming on the scene right now. We did the interview live in studio here. He's just sort of coming on the scene. He, uh, he wrote Zero to One with Peter Thiel. He's, he's a young, sort of what I would say is a new school conservative, like, like got the right ideas related to tech and, and how we should think about government and care about families and individual rights and all of the nonsense that we're being, that's being pushed on us, he's, he's kinda pushing back on it. And I think he's got a real chance. So part one of my interview with Blake Masters is up on YouTube right now, the full thing is up on uh, Locals. So you can go to rubenreport.locals.com. And I only have one other thing to say today, which is, let's go Brandon. See you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.